Welcome to the training room. I'm your host, Paul Tremlin. This is a podcast show presented by Extreme Baseball and Softball Club, where myself, network trainers, and other special guests will discuss player and coach development topics, as well as how to win it right on and off the field. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. Episode three, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm here with special guest Chris Fair, who is the youth baseball director for Extreme Baseball and Softball Club. Thank you for being here. Hey, Paul, how are you doing today? Thanks for having me. And we've been working together for the last eight years, and I have to say, you wear a lot of hats, my friend. <laughs> you were a college player, you've been involved with sports management uh, with a professional team, and then you've been coaching for 10 plus years. And so, a lot of experience. Let's go ahead and start today with your story. Yeah, you know, my story, um, I'm a local guy. I'm a local guy. I grew up uh, down the road in Bethalto, Illinois. Um, so went to went to high school there at, at, at Civic Memorial. And, you know, we're talking youth baseball today. So even when I was at a young age, you know, I was fortunate to uh, have parents that supported me through my, you know, youth sports journey and um, had a lot of coaches that I looked up to and had a lot of friends that I, that I played with that kind of fueled that fire for for baseball, you know, and so, um, so I, uh, you know, obviously played baseball in high school and then um, I played college ball at Illinois College. I was fortunate to then um, have an internship uh, with the uh, Savannah Sand Nats. Um, at the time, they were a minor league affiliate of the uh, Washington Nationals in Savannah, Georgia. Um, and there I got, you know, my feet wet with both the professional side of baseball, both from a player standpoint and then also from a business standpoint. When I graduated and it was time to, you know, figure out what I was going to do next. Um, I was fortunate to uh, get a job uh, coaching. Um, I, I started working with uh, Mickey Owen Baseball School. Um, it's in Miller, Missouri, middle of nowhere. It's a baseball camp, summer baseball camp. So I was a camp instructor there. And then I was also hired to be their 16 and under um, all-star team coach. So they would bring in uh, athletes from all over the country. They would stay at the camp there in Miller, Missouri all summer. And uh, we would do baseball camp and practice during the day. Uh, and then on the weekends, we would travel and play showcase tournaments. And so, you know, there I was 22 years old and I was in charge of 15, 16 year olds traveling around the country. And, and um, it was quite a learning curve. That probably was the experience that really um, propelled me from the, you know, just baseball in general to I'm going to be a baseball coach. Like I, that's really what I wanted to do. I, I knew through turn two a lot of people that were involved with extreme. Um, and at the time, extreme uh, was a, a, a very high end softball program, had some youth baseball um, and it was growing. Uh, what what we didn't have with extreme is we didn't have a high school program for those youth athletes to feed into. Um, and that really interested me. So that's kind of how I got involved with Extreme. Is is I I came over and um, I was I was part of developing one of the first uh, Extreme Elite baseball teams. Told you a lot of hats that you wear there. And here we are today, and you're the youth baseball director now. You are going to go ahead and dive into something pretty deep here. But before we get started with that, I want to go and enter into our first segment of the show, which is going to be the 3D topic of the week. We will be back after the break. For this week's 3D topic of the week, you're going to talk about 3D coaching. What does 3D coaching look like? 
Sure. So the idea of, of 3D coaching or three-dimensional coaching is that we, we learn to coach the whole player, right? We learn to coach the whole player, and that's going to tie a lot into what we're going to talk about today. So I think that that's important to, to understand. So when, when we are a 3D coach, um, we, we coach the whole player. We coach in all three dimensions, okay? So the, 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 three, the three dimensions of 3D coaching are physical, mental and then emotional or spiritual we we want to make sure that we are hitting all areas of an athlete we want to make sure that we are training them physically we want to make sure they're bigger faster stronger that they they can hit the ball farther throw the ball harder all that good stuff um but then we got to get deeper than that we have to make sure that we are hitting the mental side of our athletes we have to make sure that we are getting them to understand, you know, how to uh, handle failure, how to um, handle success, you know, how they take an approach uh, in, in a game situation. We want to make sure that we get deep into that emotional side. And then most importantly is we got to get a little bit to the spiritual side. We got to get a little bit to why we're doing what we're doing. You know, any anytime we're talking about sports, there's a shelf life to it, right? There's a shelf life to it. And so we need our athletes to understand the why. Why are we spending all this time, um, you know, training in baseball or softball or any other sport? Um, there, there, there are bigger purposes to that, and uh, we need to make sure that we are we are leading with that as coaches and building the whole athlete, um, so that there's something left whenever the game's over for them. I feel like this special segment topic could actually probably one day turn into an entire podcast episode. So we'll have to wait and see for that for the future. So welcome back to episode three, The Training Room. Uh, Coach Ferry, you talk a lot about the value of coaches, parents, and athletes seeing the big picture of youth sports. Let's go ahead and let's dive deep into that topic. We have to see a big picture. We have to see a long-term goal. Um, so I, I like to think of youth sports or being involved as a coach in youth sports as it's a marathon and not a sprint. If I am a youth coach and I have a, a, a team at you know seven, eight, nine years old. Um, what I need to have in mind is not just the sprint of that one season or that one team. I need to have in mind the big picture marathon of of an athlete's development through the game. You know, and sometimes I think that that can be a little bit of a of a daunting thought. You know, if we think about okay, you know, I'm taking this seven, eight, nine year old, and I'm thinking about. What's it look like when they get to junior high or they get to high school or they get to college? Like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, that's so above and beyond anything I could ever imagine. Um, but really, it's it's not. The, 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 the goal is we just need to know that it is a marathon when you know that it's a long term uh it's a long term thing and that if we understand that then we can understand that we can we can do this the right way we can build youth athletics the right way um and and we do that by having a little bit of that long-term approach and especially when we're talking about uh sports that we're involved in every day like baseball and softball historically late developing right um, so we want to really make sure that when we have athletes and families that we're helping them through the entire process we really want to think of, of 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 this as a as a marathon and not a sprint what would you say are some of the symptoms of someone who doesn't see it that way and they're in fact sprinting? I would say this is probably indicative of youth sports in general, but I'll talk more baseball and softball because that's what we're in every day. Um, 
when we see uh, coaches, families, players that that sprint and they don't run the marathon, um, we see more of a value on winning, more of a value on quickly developing skills, um, more of a value on where we're where we're playing at, how many games we're playing, um, those types of things. Uh, and so what we end up seeing is just some unhealthy situations, you know. So a couple things that, you know, I, I can kind of, you know, point to is that when we see at a youth level, you know, if you could tell me about, if somebody comes and tells me about, you know, the greatest 10-year-old baseball player in the whole area, man, this kid's just the real deal, you know. I could probably show you a, 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 that same ball player that may not have a significant impact on his high school team and probably won't play beyond that, um, just because that mentality a little bit can be can be talked to a player's development. Okay, and then from a team level, um, we see issues with that all the time, where we'll have this kind of awesome world beater team. You know, they win all these tournaments, they win all these games, they have all these great players. And then we're confused why at the end of the year that team splinters and they break apart and they're and they're no more. You know that they're they're a sprinter team. You know they 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 spend a couple year or two together and then again they weren't built for the long term. They weren't built for the marathon. And so we see this splintering. We see some bad experiences. And then ultimately that leads to a lot of those families and those players and those coaches getting burnt out by that. So we lose quality coaches early on because they had a bad experience. We lose quality players early on because they had a bad experience. We lose quality families early on because they had a bad experience. So if I'm a coach and I don't want to fall into those sprinter mentality traps, what are some steps that I can take? If I am going into a youth coaching situation, I need to understand that my first goal has got to be to get players to love it. I've got to get my players to love the game. And to be honest, Paul, we are we are losing this battle a little bit in the baseball softball world versus some other sports. Okay, um, baseball and softball are much harder sports to love at a young age because of the fear factor involved, because of the pace of the game. We are losing that battle to sports like soccer, sports like lacrosse that are easily fast-paced early on and they're fun. In baseball and softball, we lose it when we have kids in the outfield. You know picking dandelions, right? We all have seen that. And, and that's something that we as coaches and as leaders in this, in this world have to um, get creative about and start to get our athletes to, to understand how to, how to love the game. So let me ask you really quick yeah. this question is, so do you, do you believe that youth baseball and youth softball need to evolve in order for kids to fall back in love with it there is some things that have happened that are positive but we got to do better we do have to get more creative we have to understand that we lose the attention of athletes way quicker nowadays you know um and we have to find that those ways to to keep the game fast-paced and you see that even at the highest levels right what, what's the major debate that we have at the major league level right now how can we make the game faster so that we keep people engaged and we're going to deal with that at the at the youth level as well. We have to we have to be willing to embrace it because if we don't embrace it, we're just going to lose those those young people. Um, and we don't want that. We don't want that. There's too many good quality life lessons that are learned in the games of baseball and softball that if we just say they don't get our game, let's just they, you know we'll find the other ones that want to play it. We're we're missing the boat there. All right. So step one, I want to be a marathon coach. 
I need my kids to fall in love with the game. What's step two? The next step is it, it goes a little bit to that 3D coaching principle. Um, we have, we've got to be invested in building relationships um, with players, coaching staff, and families. We've got to be invested in that. Um, and then we also have to be invested in not only coaching the player, but coaching the person. We've got to be invested in, in wanting to not only teach a player uh, how to play the game, but better life skills inside of the game. Once we get them to fall in love with the game, right, and we are bought into building relationships and building life skills, being a 3D coach, then we got to develop them. Now we got to develop them, right? For me to truly be a marathon coach, players have to stay in the game, right? So now they love the game at a, at a young age. Now I need them to stay in the game. I need them to stay in the game for a long period of time. So for them to stay in the game for a long period of time, I have to develop them. They have to become better players, right? They have to learn how to win because as we get older in the game, the funnel gets a little bit tighter, right? At the youth level, there's a lot of different options, right? As we get up into junior high, high school, college, pro, the, it's just a funnel, right? It gets, it gets tighter. And so for me to allow players to continue to grow, they got to get better. We're going to go ahead and go into our next special segment, which is going to be the tweet of the week, and we'll be back after this break. This week's tweet highlights the importance of coaches making sure they're focusing on developing the overall person over just the athlete. So Chris, go ahead, please share your tweet of the week. Yeah, so our tweet of the week comes courtesy of Matt Lyle. Uh, Matt Lyle is a, is a well-known um, baseball and softball coach. Uh, he quotes um, Coach Robichaud. Uh, coach Robichaud was a longtime coach at a uh, University of Louisiana. Um, he recently passed away this last summer, but this quote spoke to me uh, clearly around the topic that we're talking about today. And, and his quote here is, I don't want to teach just baseball because I don't want to face the Lord one day. And he tells me, I sent you over 600 boys for you to turn into men. I see you turned them into baseball players, but you didn't turn them into men. Um, again, at the end of the day, I believe for us to truly be a, uh, a marathon coach and a three-dimensional coach, we have to have that in mind. And this is somebody that, you know, clearly his main job, you know, his main job from a job description perspective is to develop players and to win games, right? It's probably nowhere in his job description that says develop men, but he understood that I needed, I needed develop men because, you know, the Lord tells me to. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to feel the best about, right? That That's what he's going to feel the best about is, is the the good people that they become outside of it. And so I think that for, for us as coaches, we have to, we have to lead with that for us to even get close to the other the other part of it in, in a healthy manner. Welcome back from the break. So far, Coach Fair has discussed the importance of seeing the big picture and understanding that it's a marathon. I'm bought in, what's next? Now that we have the foundation built, now that we understand that it's a marathon and it's not a sprint, um, now, we have to make sure that we take that principle and we can build our teams around that principle. Um, I think of this in kind of three phases. And I say phases because it's not, it's not quick. It's not a one, two, three step deal. It's, it's a phase. A phase could be a season or two, you know, it could be longer. Um, so I think there's three phases to it. I think there's a culture phase. Uh, I think there's a development phase. And I think there's a competition phase. Today, I want to really hit on the, the culture phase. If I am building a team to be a marathon team, 
first thing I have to do is I have to set the culture for my team. I have to make sure that I have, have a good culture that is that is developed. Okay, um, and that starts with a little bit of what we already talked about, which is I have to build relationships. I got to make sure that I am tied in closely to my families, to my players. I got to make sure that I am impacting them in in multiple areas and not just being the the here's your set of rules uh, coach okay um, I have to set expectations I have to set expectations for all parties I have to set expectations for myself for my players and for my family so again I can't just be hey I'm the coach here's the rules we got to live by them right I have to let families know what should they expect from me as a coach right what should the players expect from me as a coach then it's got to go a step farther into what do I expect from, from players? What do I expect from, from families? Um, and that could be things as simple as, you know, how we communicate, you know, the time frames in which we communicate. It could be, you know, when do we show up for practice? Um, how do we look? You know, it could be these, these little things, but it helps to set the expectations um, that I have as a coach. The next one is we got to build, we got to build a coaching staff. We have to truly build a coaching staff um, around our young people to help them develop through this kind of marathon. The guys that can really buy into this marathon mindset and really come in and be part of a staff, have a defined role that's given to them by the head coach, and can really come in bought into that role. And if they can do that role and everybody's doing their role as a coaching staff, this team can kind of move together. That goes further into, into, into families and parents that maybe aren't on the coaching staff. There's so many things that go into running a youth sports team. And it, it could be any sport. We need everyone to feel a little ownership in it, a little ownership in it. So even if I'm not a, a, a parent that's going to step up and be an assistant coach or, or I'm not on the coaching staff, there's so many things that can help the coaching staff make this a positive experience. In the very beginning, you were talking about like setting expectations and how important it is for you as a coach to set expectations just for yourself. Like it's not just about setting expectations for the, the players. And so, you know, you're talking about that and mm. it instantly made me think about like being a parent. So like, you know, I have two kids with a third on the way and if I want to develop a good, healthy culture in my team. I, we also need to develop healthy cultures in our families, man. I mean, I feel like, you know, when we look at society in general, a lot of the times, you know, the culture isn't right on the field because the culture in the home isn't necessarily right. There is a connection. So mm-hmm. you just, you, you said that and, and I, that was resonating with me big time. <laughs> and, and I had my dad hat on for a second. I was like, you know, all right, I'm going to make sure that I'm, you know, setting these expectations for myself and that my three and, you know, five-year-old kid is living to that. So, right. yeah, that's great, man. Hey, it, you know, this, these things that we do, there it's it's all life you know there's, there's not a big separation between between sports and life we're going into drill of the week where coach fair is going to dive into building coach roles on your team we'll be back after the break all right guys welcome to our drill of the week uh, so rather than a drill of the week it's going to be more of a talk of the week uh, to go along with um, this idea of building a team culture so we're going to talk a little bit about just in more in depth about building a coaching staff so i've got here up on the screen just a little bit of a mock uh, coaching staff build and what i want us to understand is that we want to make sure that when we have coaches and assistant coaches 
that we kind of put everybody in a silo. We want to make sure that everybody's got some defined roles that they're going to work inside of. And if everybody can do a great job inside of their silo, then as a group, our team is our unit's going to be better because of it, right? So just to kind of go through a little bit of a mock up here, when I start over here on coach number one, this is going to be like the head coach, right? So he's head coach, maybe he coaches third base, and then you're going to see a lot of these other things are very overarching things. He's going to overall manage the staff, manage the team, create the lineup, go to the pregame up meeting, so on and so forth, okay? And then once we go down the list here into assistant coach two, three, four, five, so on and so forth, you're going to see that we're going to start to put those guys into a little bit more defined roles. So coaching coach number two, he may, ha he may be the first base coach. He may be in charge of some kind of special, uh, special prize that we give out, game ball award, something like that. He's going to really hyper-focus on the outfield. He's going to be in charge of the pregame warm-up. He's going to make sure I got umpire checks, and he's going to maybe work, work on some parent communication. Uh, and then as we go down, everybody's kind of got the same type of, of setup. They've all got a, a certain area that they're going to focus on, a certain thing that they're responsible for, right? And so as we go, we just want to make sure that we're, we're giving those defined roles. And if everybody can kind of buy into that, then again, we can create a good team culture. And then for me as the head coach, I can work, work on managing it overall and making sure that we are creating the right experience for our players and for our families. Rather than having to think about each individual area all at once, I know I've got somebody that's hyper-focusing on that, and then I can help set the direction of it. That's our drill or talk of the week. Thanks, guys. Welcome back from the break. So Coach Fair has been diving deep you have been diving deep today on this topic of developing teams, developing coaches at the youth level to see the big picture in youth sports and how important it is to build the right culture. So I know you said that that was phase one. Out of how many phases again? Three. I think there's Three. two more. So we need you to come back. Yeah. There's sure. going to be a part I'd two. love to. Yeah. If you want to go briefly real quick, what would be the other two phases? So I mentioned them earlier, but uh, development is the next one. So now that we've built that foundation, we got to develop athletes. And then finally, we got to win. we got to compete. So that's, that's, that's a part of it. But it, it, it's, it's phase by phase. You know, the, the, the things that we talked about today, that's got to be number one. That, that will help uh, us shift uh, the the direction of youth sports in the right in the right way. Every episode, I have my special guest bring a special organic item to the table for us to go through, talk about, try. So, Chris, I I don't know all your rules and regulations about uh, organic of the week, but I do know that um, deer meat in the organic food world is a little bit of a hotly debated uh, topic. So we're gonna say that it's organic today. And this is actually uh, uh, from a deer that was taken by me just this last this this last uh, hunting season. So just got this is fresh off the off the uh, off the presses. So um, so anyway, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have us a little deer meat today. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm all about that nice, lean, healthy protein. So. Uh, how big was the deer? Was it uh, deer? You know, we'll, for our purposes, we'll say it was huge. Okay, you know, just big yeah, deer. Why not? Thank you, deer big story. Deer. Yeah. Okay, here we go. 
how long will this will hold deer last you? The whole year. The whole year. <laughs> the whole year. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Chris, and thank you for everyone who either viewed the episode or listened to the episode today. Make sure that you guys follow and subscribe so that way you guys can stay up to date with all of our future episodes to come. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for joining us today. I'm excited for more episodes to come. You guys can go ahead and stay updated with us on our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Extreme Pride 99. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day.